Chapter 19. In the Dungeon. Despero emerged from Hovis's lair with the red thread following him like a trail of blood. Far behind him, the crowd shivered at the sight. It's all right, Hovis said. They're too scared to come down here. Despero followed Hovis into the darkness. They travelled along the twists and turns of a dirty path. The farther they walked into the known mouse's land, the higher the rubbish soared. The stinky piles cast eerie shadows over their heads. At last, Hovis stopped at a spot on the floor where a rusted grate covered a drain. It looked like the same grate Despero had once eagerly peered into. The same endless blackness, the same detestable stench. But to Despero, it looked blacker and smelled more heinous now. In there? asked Despero. I'm afraid so, said Ovis, motioning for Desperate to stand on a ledge overhanging the grate. On the ledge was a strange mechanism. A tripod of three tall wooden poles held a spool of red thread horizontally. The long end of the thread dangled from the contraption, spilling onto the ledge and down a long plank and into the grate below. Despero stepped onto the ledge. He peered down into the drain pipe. It was pitch black within and damp. Courage, right? said Ovis, picking up the thread and tying it to Despero's waist. And truth, said Despero. And honour. Good, but especially courage. Despero hesitated, as if, as if digesting the words. I'm ready, he said at last. Ovis placed the paw on the mechanism's lever, and then ever so slowly he began to lower Despero through the grate. All right, then, you need to... Ovis began, but the threadmaster's voice was drowned out by a whirring sound which was followed by a high-pitched whine. Despero had already jumped. The thread spooled away from Hovis with a scream. Despero hurtled into the mouth of the dungeon. His arms flew out at his sides and the wind buffeted his face and flapped the corners of his hat. He was free-falling into the abyss and there was no sign of stopping or slowing down. The little mouse felt as heavy as a rock. At this point, it must be said that the mouse was not scared. He was terrified. Then, bit by bit... His large ears slowed his descent until he was less like a rock and more like a leaf. The dark green murky water of the rat world began to swim toward him. The mouse was nearly there. Somehow within this blackness, a sliver of faint light caught his eye. Something shone from the side of the shaft. Despero saw the opening of light in the wall below him, and as he drifted past, his paw shot up to grab it. He scrambled into a small passageway, a vent in the sewer. With his feet on solid ground, the mouse took a deep breath. He untied the red thread from his waist, left it behind, and walked cautiously towards the dim light. Despero moved slowly, feeling his way. Something creaked beneath his feet. Despero stopped. He looked down. He took a step, and suddenly he was falling again. Thunk, 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 thunk. The mouse tumbled down a staircase and slammed onto a cold, slimy floor. Despero took a deep breath, wheezed, and moved gingerly forward. He came face to face with a human skull. The mouse stifled a scream. He froze. Courage, he told himself, remembering the Threadmaster's words. Despero took a breath and continued on through the darkened corridor. He tried not to listen to the dungeon's mysterious sounds, the scratching, gnawing, moans of pain. He tried not to look at cell door after cell door, all bolted shut with only a tiny slip for a window. Most of all, the mouse tried not to think about who, or how many, followed him as he headed into the void. Chapter 20. Gregory the Jailer 
Gregory the jailer sat on his stool in the pool of light cast from a single oil lamp. His huge ring of keys hung at his side. Rats crawled all over him, but Gregory hardly noticed. He was snoring. Hello, Despero called into the darkness. Hello. Gregory woke up with a jump. Let's go, let's go on the double, came a whisper. It was Smudge, ordering the rats off of Gregory. They raced out of sight and hid behind a grate in the wall. Who is that? Who goes there? Gregory asked, holding his lamp aloft. Who is that? Despero Tilling, said a tiny voice from the darkness. Gregory lowered the lamp towards the sound. Are you a man or are you a mouse? I, said Despero shakily, I'm a gentleman. Gregory crept closer with the oil lamp until its light landed upon two ears. Despero stood as tall as he could, almost a full three inches. Gregory leaned over to inspect his small visitor. He reached down and snatched him up in a large, rough hand and squeezed the little mouse. Despero's cheeks turned bright red, and then his ears turned purple. He thought he was going to faint. Gregory squinted to see him. And what makes you think you're a gentleman? A code of honour, Despero said with the cough of a mouse who's being choked to death. <laughs> you're a strange little mouse, and where do you find this code of honour then? In a story, said the mouse, a legend that I read. Across the room, several little red eyes peered out from the darkness. It's a mouse, said a low voice. Shh, said Smud. Quiet, lads. Patience. Fine, said Gregory to the mouse. Tell me about this legend of yours. I could do with a good story right about now. Despero tried as best he could to tell the story, while still being squeezed in Gregory's giant hand. Well... It's about a princess, and a knight, he said with a wheeze, and his quest to save her honour. It was a princess who took away my soup, Gregory said, squeezing the mouse tighter in his anger. She didn't take it, Despero said, coughing louder. (coughs) In fact, (coughs) she misses it too. The rats listened in the darkness, but one face poked out from the shadows. Roscuro hung on Despero's every word. And how do you know all this? Gregory asked. I've seen her, Despero replied. Seen her? I've talked to her, Despero said. Talked to her? That's why they sent me down here. And what did this princess tell you when you had your royal audience? Gregory asked with a nasty little laugh. Oh, you must be a royal mouse, is that it? She told me she missed the soup and the rain and most of all, the sunlight, said Despero. Roscuro's eyes widened and Gregory's smirk faded. Even the weak lamplight, the pain etched across the jailer's face, was visible. Well, I don't want to hear your little stories about princesses and sunshine. Go and tell them to the rats. Gregory the jailer flung the mouse across the room. Despero bashed against the wall. He lay dazed on the dungeon floor. Smudge stepped out of the shadows and pointed to the new arrival. All right, boys, get that mouse. Despero groaned and stirred slightly. When he opened his eyes again, he was sure he was seeing stars. A million little red dots glowed in the darkness. By the time the mouse's eyes adjusted, it was too late. The rat faces were already closing in on him, a wall of crazed angry eyes and drooling sharp fangs. The rats scratched, gnawed and licked their lips, imagining how the little mouse would taste. Only one rat hung back as the hungry pack engulfed Despero. Chapter 21. Captured. The next thing he knew, Despero was tumbling out of a pipe onto a stone floor. He was still in the dungeon. He knew this, not because he could see the rats, but because he could hear them. Mouse, 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 the voices chanted. Despero looked straight up, raising his, heads towards the, raising his head towards the sound. 
Hundreds of bloodthirsty rats leaned out over the top of the tall walls that encircled him. They peered down at their new victim far below, and their fangs dripped in hunger. Despero looked around for an exit, but he was trapped. He found himself locked in some sort of arena, and whatever was about to happen was causing the rats above him to smack their chops in anticipation. Ha-ha! <laughs> Botticelli laughed wickedly, like a Roman emperor. He occupied the prized position in the centre of the Colosseum. He sat in the royal box, where only a few chosen rats were allowed to join him. Good crowd, isn't it, sir? asked Smudge. Yes, it is quite, said Botticelli, as another rat slipped into the seat next to him. Ah, Roscuro, said Botticelli. I'm glad you could make it. I thought you didn't like the arena. Uh, uh, no, no, said Roscuro. It is an honour. Good, well, enjoy, said Botticelli. Let the games begin. The shouts grew steadily louder as Despero's head began to clear. Mouse, 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 mouse. Botticelli stood and raised a long arm to quiet the frenzied crowd. At his command, the rats immediately silenced, and he turned expectantly to the audience. It was time. Botticelli nodded, and a moment later a door opened in the arena. A giant, snarling tomcat entered, and the crowd roared. Despero did not dare look at the beast, but he smelled it, and then he heard it. The cat hissed, and Despero jumped into the air. The crowd burst into laughter as Despero frantically sprinted along the arena's walls, scrambling to find a way out. The cat scratched at a post, not yet noticing Despero. From the top of the wall, a rat threw a ball of wool into the arena to divert the cat's attention. The ball bounced and rolled, and the cat's eyes followed the ball's path. Straight to the feet of the shaking little mouse. The tomcat moved towards Despero and swiped at him with its giant paw. Despero leapt out of the way as five sharp claws sliced through the air where he'd just been standing. The cat snarled and began to pounce, but it was stopped short. A chain attached to its collar was the only thing keeping the cat from tearing them out to pieces. The cat strained, struggling to reach Despero. Botticelli signalled again, this time for the chain to be loosened. The cat advanced on Despero and hissed loudly into the mouse's large ears. Despero ran through the cat's legs. The chase was on. The cat followed Despero around and around the arena, and it wasn't long before the mouse was cornered. Despero was pinned against the wall. The cat raised its paw, ready to strike for the last time. The rats were on the edge of their seats. They were waiting for the signal from Botticelli. Any second now. Any second. Botticelli rose and moved to lower his thumb. Wait, a voice cried. Can I have him? Botticelli turned to the rat seated next to him. Can I have this one? Roscuro asked. Please? What? Botticelli asked, surprised. I just... Roscuro said. That one looks so tasty. Well, this is progress, said Botticelli with an icy smile. Perhaps we're starting to leave the past behind us. Enjoy, my friend. Don't leave a morsel. Oh, I, I, I won't, promised Roscuro. The enraged cat was so close to Despero that the mouse could count its many jagged teeth and smell its hot, reeking breath blasting down upon his head. The cat licked its lips, ready to eat. From behind the rail, Botticelli raised his paw into the air. At the new signal, a rat reeled the chain in and dragged the surprised cat away. The crowd let out a huge groan of disappointment. Then Botticelli, like a proud father, placed a clawed paw on Roscuro's shoulder and led him through the box to retrieve his gift. Chapter 22. A Gentleman. The other rats hauled Despero into the crowded street and thrust him at Roscuro's feet. 
Roscuro yanked Despero upright. Come on, the rat said loudly, shoving the mouse through the crowd. Let's go, Buster. Roscuro's request for his own mouse had suddenly made him a rat among rats. The others patted him on the back. They whooped as he tugged on the mouse's leash. They urged Roscuro to finish every savoury bone. That's it, that's it, keep on moving, Roscuro ordered Despero, to the amusement of the others. Then the rat bent down toward the mouse to whisper, It's okay, just keep walking. Roscuro pulled his cat around a corner, and the two walked until they were alone on a side street. The mouse looked up at his captor in terror. Despero was faced with a question that no mouse wants to answer. Was it worse to be trapped in a box with a cat, or alone with a rat in a dark alley? Roscuro leaned in close to Despero's face. Right up there, he whispered. Keep walking. The rat glanced over his shoulder at the desolate street, and then quickly he pulled Despero into the narrow gap in the wall. Within the crevice, Roscuro untied the mouse. Despero watched as the rat pulled a brick from the wall to open up a passage, and motioned for the mouse to enter. Despero hesitated. His heart pounded in panic, but what could he do? He squeezed inside. Within Roscuro's hiding place, a faint light placed a soothing kiss upon the frightened mouse. Oh, said Despero. See that light? Roscuro said. Real light. Despero looked up. It's mine, said the rat. You can share it. Despero glanced at the rat who was supposed to eat him. It isn't much, said Roscuro, but there isn't much light anywhere since everything turned grey. The mouse raised his head toward the light again. It was a slight trickle, but it warmed him to the bone. You're not going to eat me? Despero asked the rat. No, said Roscuro. I don't eat mice. Then what do you eat? Crumbs when I can find them. So you're a gentleman? asked Despero. Roscuro studied the mouse. When everyone calls you a rat, gentleman is a powerful world. Tell me that story, said Roscuro, about the princess. Despero looked embarrassed. Tell me what she looked like, said Roscuro. Well, she was... Was she angry? Roscuro asked. No, not at all, Despero said. Her heart was full of longing. What's longing? asked the rat. And that is how a friendship was born. Over the next few weeks, Despero told Roscuro everything he knew about loyalty and honour and chivalry and courage. He told him about the princess and where her longing came from, that she missed the rain and the soup and even the rats. Even the rats? Roscuro asked. Despero told him about the code of honour, about his noble quest, about duty and loyalty. And there, in the darkness of the cellar, two knights pledged devotion to a princess who was trapped inside a castle, trapped in a life full of pain and longing, even if no one could tell, because sometimes what someone looks like on the outside has nothing to do with what they're feeling on the inside.